Welcome to Spoiler Appetite, I'm Tristan. Oh boy, what what an interesting 24 hours. So, yeah. Hey, look. Look at that. It's It hasn't been a month since I last recorded an, an episode of Spoiler Appetite. Um, so, yeah. It's been an interesting 24 hours. And, you know, it's it's interesting. It was an interesting 24 hours. I'll get into that, but before I do, I, you know, I, I've watched some stuff, you know, since the last time we spoke, um, I watched Samurai Jack for the first time, it's kind of strange because of the fact that I'm catching up with these shows that were so popular as a kid, but I never really watched them, you know, I, I recently, wasn't until I became an adult that I watched, um, the Justice League cartoons, um, you know, coming from the great Bruce Tim DC animated universe or whatever. And then most recently, I think it was last year, I finally watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And man, I mean, I, I cannot talk about enough how surprised I was with Avatar The Last Airbender, honestly. And so, you know, I'm sort of in this phase where I'm, you know, checking out these uh, animated stuff that you know, came out when I was a kid, but never really had an interest for them, and now I'm just sort of appreciating them, honestly, and Samurai Jack was one of them, and I, so the basic plot of Samurai Jack is basically the samurai who basically gets flung into the future by this demon Aku, and has to get back home. And, you know, it's not it's not what we have today with most animated shows, especially like on streaming or whatever, where it's one continuous uh, story going on. Not until at least the, the final season, which the final season was interesting. I mean, it's one continuous story and it was interesting because they they go 50 years, you know, they you know, the last time we meet up with Samurai Jack, it's been 50 years, and he hasn't aged at all, and, you know, he's got some, like, he's got some PTSD going on, and it was just, it was interesting, and I had a great time with it, and then once it finished, I was like, oh, wow, I'm done already, even though I was just, like, I was so glad that it was all under 30 minutes or so, so it was pretty much a breeze for me, and, you know, I liked, I really dug Samurai Jack for just the animation and the fights and yeah just all of it just the look of it and everything and just exploring these the the you know what it looks like when Aku the demon takes over the world because yeah he just does and it was just interesting so that's that's kind of what I've been recently watched but uh the last but going back to the past 24 hours I so I think you know since we last after we you know before yeah so I basically started the Saw franchise I I watched one and then I was just like after it I was so blown away by it by how low budget it was and it was just it was a really great movie honestly and so after that of course I posted on my social media that I was like okay that's all I need. I think I'm like, like, what more do I need? Like, I don't really 
need any more, honestly. Like, I feel like that's as, that's all I need, honestly. But of course, my friends were just like, saw that and were like, no, keep going, keep going. And so, you know, it, it took a couple weeks for me to finally, you know, get around to, uh, both Saw 2 and Saw 3. Um, let's start, let's start with Saw 2 and spoilers, of course. Saw 2. I felt was alright, you know, I'm glad Lee Winnell was attached to it, even though I just felt, it's eh, and you know, I think the missing link was of course James Wan, you know, being a part of that since him and Winnell were part of that first movie, and whatnot, creating all that stuff, and you know, it's, Saw 2 is just like, it's alright, I just felt like the problem I had with it was, Getting to know Jigsaw a little bit more. I just felt like Jigsaw very much feels like a character that should just be, you know, you shouldn't really know more about him. Because I think in the first movie, the first movie is all you need to know. Like his philosophy is basically to, you know, his philosophy is, you know, make people appreciate life. By basically putting them in traps or whatever. And yeah, I I just felt like the more we learn about Jigsaw and why, like his whole backstory is like, okay, he's got cancer. Um, he And after that, he tried to kill himself. And then after that, it awoke in himself. Like once he survived his, you know, suicide attempt by basically, I guess, driving off a cliff. And surviving it, it opened his eyes and, you know, he wanted to, you know, make other people feel that way and just appreciate life and all that stuff. And it's like, I, you know, we didn't, we don't really need this because I just feel like the more you show of Jigsaw, the more it's like, I don't know, I just feel like you should, he's one of those characters where you use him sparingly, you know, and... I, just the whole idea that the fact that he doesn't see himself as a murderer is like, I mean, there's no way you can win that argument with, like, you just can't win that argument. Because it's like, okay, you know, this idea of, like, I don't pull the trigger. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, you're right. But at the same time, you're the one that's setting up the gun to their head or whatever. And there's a good chance that, you know, yeah. <laughs> They have a greater chance of dying than surviving, you know? And it's like, it was so bizarre to me. And I think the other thing that kind of, like, really didn't sit well with me was, you know, the plot twist at the end of the movie, which I I found it so hard to believe. This idea that, okay, the victim that survived uh, the face mask in the first movie is now in this movie and it turns out she's gonna she's the protege for Jigsaw. And I was like, I don't I don't buy that at all. I just I don't buy it. I don't it, it's just too far fetched of an idea and I just I didn't believe it at all. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I was just like I don't where was the thinking with this? It's like you could have had I mean, it's just like, you know, okay, maybe I guess the idea of him having, I guess, a daughter, you know, I guess that would have been 
too like far-fetched as well because that would also take away the fact that it's like okay because jigsaw wasn't crazy just jigsaw didn't have this this whole like trapping people to make them appreciate life his whole philosophy or whatever so i guess you know making him have a daughter and all that stuff would have been just but still i'm just like okay after you have a near-death experience or whatever and it's like i get it she was very like suicidal or whatever and but to her for her to be like yeah i'm gonna want to take over jigsaw's um place when he passes away it's just like this is absurd like okay i mean yeah there's no way i can believe that at all and yeah uh the traps you know pretty good you know i'm i honestly it's just like when it comes to any movie i'm just more invested in character more so than um story i guess you know and you know that applies to horror movies as well it's like i'm more invested in character more so than the scares honestly and yeah um yeah but that's kind of what bugged me and i love the how you know jigsaw is literally is literal in the movie you know basically straight up telling um the dad in this movie that you know your son is in a safe place or whatever and the fact that you know what they're watching on those monitors is basically a recording is on a tape and or whatever and i'm just like huh what interesting like (laughs) like idea but also there is a plot hole in this movie which i found so odd so at the very end of the movie you know we see the dad basically um well no we see amanda the protege for jigsaw and uh our main character's son go into the room from the first movie or whatever and we see the bodies of you know the killer in the first movie who we're led to believe is the killer and you know the the guy that's the photographer or whatever and we see their bodies and i just was just like hold on so this doesn't make any sense so like either the guy that survived in the first movie got killed by jigsaw or amanda or you know he just basically lied to the photographer you know, that he was going to get help or whatever, because I'm like, uh, this is kind of weird. Like, why are there still bodies there? I mean, and it's so bizarre. Like, I just found that so bizarre. Like, I just, I was like, I guess they'll explain that in the next movie or somewhere down the line, I gotta imagine. But, yeah, that was a plot hole for me. But, um, but yeah, Overall, Saw 2, I thought was I thought it was alright, even though I was just like, I wish they didn't really show us more of Jigsaw and who he is as a person. Because I was just like, I it's like I get it. I get the philosophy. Why do we need to dive more into it or whatever? Like why do we need to see his background? Like why do we need to see that yeah, he's a cancer patient? Like, I don't I don't know. It just, it didn't gel with me or whatever. I was just like, I just, this is kind of what I was afraid of. Like, learning more about the villain, even though he's a character that should be used sparingly or whatever. But, 
whatever, you know. So, let's talk about Saw 3. Now, I was, you know, <laughs> I didn't realize that both Lee Winnell and James Wan came up with the story. Uh, Lee Winnell, you know, wrote the script. But, you know, James Wan had had a hand in the story. You know, he came back to do the story for this one. He didn't direct it, which is like, okay, whatever. But he came up with the story, and man, I'll just say it, I th- I thought Saw 3 was awful, honestly. I, I mean, let, I'll just talk about the things that I liked. I liked it first, for this movie at least, that, you know, okay, Jigsaw's victim... Main victim is basically a guy. He's basically trying to teach this main guy to learn forgiveness or whatever. Now he's learning, you know, he's got to teach, you know, this guy to learn to forgive the guy that basically ran his kid over and just let it go. Like, vengeance is not the way or whatever. I thought that was pretty intriguing and whatnot. And basically having to go through these trials of, you know, whether it's a witness or the judge and then ultimately the killer and basically having to set them free and learn to be like, I forgive you or whatever and all this stuff. And it's like, I like that. I really did. And I also like the fact that Jigsaw has another victim and, you know, basically Jigsaw is dying in this one and Amanda and you know, she kidnaps uh, a doctor or whatever, and she's significant because in the end she's, you know, I'll get into it, but basically Jigsaw is dying, you know, has Amanda kidnapped this doctor and basically is like, you know, you need to keep me alive so that this guy who's going through all, who's has to learn forgiveness or whatever, uh, survives it all or whatever, because it, it, it's gonna mean something, or whatever, and it, it, it was, it was interesting, it was fascinating, I thought that was pretty interesting, and I will say, you know, you know, with horror movies, they don't really, you know, especially, I guess, with this genre, or whatever, the, the blood and guts, or whatever, and the traps, or whatever, I was just like, you know, they don't really affect me, or whatever, they don't make me, you know, sick to my stomach or anything they don't make me unpleasant or whatever but i will say the uh the brain surgery where the doctor has to give you know basically relieve pressure on jigsaw's brain or whatever that was pretty uncomfortable <laughs> like that was pretty uncomfortable having to you know peel back the skin on his head and then you know taking a a piece of his skull off or whatever and let the brain basically you know relieve that pressure or whatever I was just like this is oh this is ooh this was crazy and honestly I mean realistically that dude would be dead honestly he would be dead especially if he's still awake through the whole time or whatever it's like okay yeah you gave him drugs or whatever but man that dude would be dead right now, (laughs) like, seriously, I mean, I just, yeah, but, and that's basically what I liked about Saw 3, it's everything else that I had a problem with, it's mainly how it wraps up, 
is what I took issue with. There's like so many reveals in this. And I'm like, okay, again, what I didn't like about Saw 2, the, the, the main issue was that twist of, you know, Amanda's protege or whatever. And, you know, they really hammer it home that, you know, Jigsaw is not a murderer. It's like, again, he's going back to this whole murdering shit or whatever. And basically the twist is Jigsaw was playing everybody. From, you know, the main victim, Jeff, and then turns out his wife is the the doctor that we see operating on Jigsaw or whatever, you know, and, you know, his protege, Amanda. It's like, man, what the hell? (laughs) Just, like, really, this is, like, okay. Because now, it just really upset me, because I was like, okay, I, I fucking... I fucking hated this. I, like, it's bad enough that they were showing flashbacks to, you know, after the events of Saul 1 where Amanda basically cleans up Jigsaw's mess or whatever by killing, um, what, that, that character from the first movie that got left behind or whatever. Um, I was just like, I just stopped flashing back. And then, of course, you know, we, the, the main characters that we got connected to and, the um the second movie, you know, they're dead, and you know right off the bat the 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 girl detective or whatever, she dies within the first seventeen minutes, and it's like what the, oh like, okay so, fuck everything else I guess like I just, what the hell, so but yeah it's really all the interconnecting things it's like okay. Look, I get it. You know, the the detective we saw in the in Saw 2, clearly he's dead. Like clearly he's dead. Obviously I got it cuz if we haven't seen him through this whole movie, what was the point of showing us how he like basically gets murdered by a man? It's like I I I got that. Like I'm pretty sure I could have figured that out myself. Like I really could have. But this whole idea of like yeah, there's a difference between Jigsaw and Amanda, but they're still both murderers, even, like, okay, yeah, Amanda's more extreme, or whatever, she doesn't want to give, you know, the victims the chance to live, and whatever, and it's like, but y'all are still murderers, this whole idea of, like, trying to test his protege, which is like, what the, this, like, why the fuck should you care, like, it's just like, dude, you're gonna be dead, who the fuck cares if she, like, what's she gonna do take on your um your legacy or whatever like i don't oh yeah this movie was just like all the interconnecting and the flashbacks and those fucking reveals i'm just like oh and it turns out you know jigsaw orchestrated you know um the death of jeff's son or whatever it's like what is it whatever dude like oh and he has uh both um jeff and his wife's daughter, or whatever, and she's running low on oxygen, and it's like, what the hell, and of course Jeff doesn't learn, he's, like, less than learning to forget, but at the same time, it's like, dude, why, why go through all that with this man, like, he's already tortured as is, like, let's be honest, what was he really gonna do, honestly, I mean, yeah, he had a gun and everything, and he was drinking, but, like, what was he gonna do? You were basically pushing that dude to the edge or whatever. It's like, 
so much so that you like he had he had to burn you know his son's toys or whatever and it's like dude leave the man alone like this is kind of cruel like good lord so yeah saw three just did not sit well with me at all and i was just like at the time i remember finishing it and i was just like so fuck these movies i'm not watching anymore now because i'm like it's so fucking stupid like i just uh and you know again I think what hurts me the most about this movie is the fact that both Lee Wan Now and James Wan came up with this story, and it's like, why the hell would you just, I don't know, you know, and of course Jigsaw dies, or whatever, and so, yeah, I have no interest in watching these movies, at least for now, because, you know, for now I'm not going to watch them, you know, I might give it a week or two before I start, you know, possibly watching Saw 4 or whatever because now at least at this point it's like okay you know I'm I'm expecting going forward it, it's a clean slate you know I, I know that you know at least for 4 I know that um, Jigsaw like planned a future uh, death or traps or whatever I guess for his next main victim or whatever like I I know, I know that's in the future, but at the same time, it's like, you know, do I need to see that? But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I do kind of want to see the stories where, you know, who, like, what kind of characters were influenced by Jigsaw's work. Like, I am kind of interested in it, but I I just, for now, at least I'm not going to watch Saw 4, because I just, like, I just, Saw 3 really made me upset, but at the same time, like I'll give it time like I'm gonna let the dust clear because now at least like I said it's it's a clean slate basically at this point going forward um yeah I just but yeah Saw 3 did not really sit well with me at all so yeah let's talk about some news so I got topics of course so Warner Brothers is officially searching for a black actor and director for J.J. Abrams' produced Superman movie. Now, I know in the past we talked about that this was, you know, a rumor at first, but now that it seems that this is confirming it, I'm... It's interesting. I mean, I, I don't really know who I would pick. For I mean, th- I think, you know, as far as who do you cast as the actor, I would totally go unknown. And, you know, th- it seems like, at least f- as far as what Superman goes, you know, that's, you know, I don't think anybody really knew who Henry Cavill was. He wasn't really a big name or anything. And then, you know, going back to Brandon Routh and, you know, of course, Christopher Reeve. And so it's just like, I, I mean, as far as who do you cast as Superman, yeah, just... Just go unknown. I mean, you know, <laughs> the top pick, of course, is Michael B. Jordan. And it's like, I wouldn't hate seeing that. I wouldn't mind seeing that because I think Michael B. Jordan is a great actor. I think he's a great performer. As far as a director goes, who would I want to see? Which black director would I want to see direct this Superman movie? It's really difficult. Um, I would say, why not? 
you know, I I would get, you know, why not get Abel Duvernay to do it? You know, I'm I'm just saying, why not get Abel Duvernay? I mean, since you know, I don't think New Gods is ever going to happen now that they canceled it. So why not, you know, have her take on Superman or, you know, maybe what's his name? Not Ryan Coogler. I think his name is Barry Jenkins that did Moonlight. Maybe get him on board. Or, you know, just go with an unknown. And so, yeah. uh, It's probably going to be all unknown when it comes to the main actor and director. Which, you know, hey, I'm all for this. You know, it's like at this point, like I've said in the past, um, I would love to see Henry Cavill as Superman again. But... I'm done holding my breath to see that at this point. I'm just like, if it happens, great. If not, well, I'm not going to lose sleep over it anymore. Because I'm just like, I'm tired of waiting. So if they're not going to do it, and this is how they're going to do it, you know, with a new actor and black and whatnot. And, you know, it's not really confirmed if it's going to be Clark Kent or not. Which, you know, if it's Clark Kent, great. If it's, you know, Valzad or... Calvin Ellis, you know, great, awesome, I mean, it, you know, whichever iteration they're gonna go, whatever character they're gonna go with, I, I'm just like, okay, just, you know, I'll watch it, you know, why not, because, you know, there is a story to be told of, like, okay, not only does, you know, whatever character they go with, like, whatever Superman they go with, you know, just that idea of Superman, already feeling like he's an outcast because he's an alien but because of the fact that you know he's got to deal with racism and all this stuff it's like you know that dude's got to hold hold a lot back honestly and you know i'm interested you know again i'll i'll watch you know anything in the comic book movie genre because again and you know these recastings and all this stuff it's like you know I've been through so many iterations that, you know, as far as, you know, reboots and recasting goes, doesn't really bother me, honestly. Like, yeah, I have my favorites, but, you know, the characters are going to outlive us all, so it doesn't really matter who gets cast or whatever. It's like, yeah, people can bitch about if they go with Clark Kent that, you know, Clark Kent isn't, you know, black or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, we're talking about a guy who just who happens to look like a human being is first and foremost an alien. So it doesn't really fucking matter what his skin color is. Like he's not a human per- being. He's a he's an alien from a different like planet. So yeah, that's that's kind of my mindset. Plus it's like, you know, why not? I I, I just say why not? I mean, you want to do something refreshing, why not tell it from a person of color's uh, view, you know, like, why not, I mean, we haven't seen it done before, I mean, plus it's like, you know, it's probably going to be an origin story, but at least there's going to be something new to that origin story, you know, that different side of the origin story, which, you know, hey, like I said, I'm for it, I don't really care, honestly, at this point, as long as it's good, that's all I care about, as long as it's good, you know, I can't complain. And, you know, at the same time, I can't help but wonder, are we, you know, say if they do, like I said, you know, when I, when we first talked about just the rumor, 
I was very, I got myself very excited at the possibility of could they be doing an Earth 2 DC Cinematic Universe? Like, you really want to differentiate yourself from the MCU? You know, make it based on the Earth 2 characters or whatever. Like, I mean, I'm for it, even though, you know, Bruce Wayne and Earth 2, I don't believe it's Earth 2. I don't think Bruce Wayne is Batman and Earth 2 in DC Comics. But, whatever. I, I say, you know, if that's, that's the way they want to go with it, I, uh, sure, you know, you do your own Earth 2 sort of DC Cinematic Universe. I'm for it. Like, that would be awesome. But, who knows? Um, but yeah, that's, those are my thoughts on it. The next, staying on top of DC content, so, the HBO Max Green Lantern show has just casted Finn Whitrock as Guy Gardner. And, man, oh man. The idea of a Green Lantern show makes me very happy. And I didn't realize that this show is going to spark decades uh, of, you know, seeing other Green Lanterns. So we're not just going to get Guy Gardner. We're going to get, I believe, Simon Baz, Jessica Cruz, who is currently my favorite Green Lantern right now. I mean, the last time I read her in any of the comics, I, I was just like, I was taken away. I mean, just the design it's of her itself really drew me to wanting to find out who is this Jessica Cruz character, and I love her. I really do. I think she's definitely my favorite Green Lantern. But yeah, Finn Whitrock, cast as Kai Gardner. Um, I've only seen him in um, Finn... Whitrock. I've only seen him in American Horror Story Freak Show. So I've only seen him in one show. And, you know, for the role that he was given, you know, in Freak Show, a very much spoiled, rich, psychotic kid or whatever, man or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, I can honestly see it, honestly. And I'm... I'm excited, you know, at the fact that they're even doing Guy Gardner is funny to me. I'm just like, I cannot believe that character got casted first. That's crazy to me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine they they didn't mention anything about Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart for the show. So I imagine they're going to be saved for the movies. And which, hey, I've always said, you know, it would be really cool if we saw Hal Jordan a veteran Hal Jordan Green Lantern teaching a young uh, John Stewart to become Green Lantern because Hal Jordan is basically taking missions in space or whatever, and he can't be here for Earth or whatever. So that I mean, that's my pitch for the Green Lantern movie. But yeah, so Guy Gardner can cast, and I mean, now I'm just like, okay, if we're starting casting. Now give me Jessica Cruz next. Like, who do you got? For, who's your pick for Jessica Cruz? Because I, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. And you know what? I am looking forward to seeing who else they cast for Alan Scott, Simon Baz, and you know whoever else, whatever, whoever other Green Lanterns that they get or whatever. And you know that is going to be interesting if it's going to be spawned through the decades or whatever. It's that's kind of interesting. Like 
So it's a show about Green Lanterns through each decade or whatever. It's kind of interesting. So I wonder is, <laughs> first and foremost, is are they going to give uh, Finn Whitrock uh, red hair? Are they going to give him that goofy uh, looking, um, <laughs> that goofy looking bowl haircut or whatever? That would be great. I don't think they're going to do it, but you know. Hey, what do I know? As long as he's got the jacket or whatever, and he's got that, yeah, that douchey jacket, Green Lantern jacket or whatever that he wears, fine, great. Um, makes me wonder, are they going to have Kyle Reese? Is it Kyle Reese? Kyle Rayner. Not Kyle Reese. God, I... Kyle Reese. Terminator. That's probably what it is. Yeah, but uh, Kyle Rayner. I wonder if they're going to have Kyle Rayner in... Uh, the Green Lantern show, but but yeah, I Finn Whitrock as Guy Gardner. You know, I'm for it, even though I've only seen the man in one show. So hey, I think he's talented. So yeah, that that's it's definitely for me. So let's talk about some trailers, shall we? So let's talk about the Green Knight. I have been waiting to see the Green Knight ever since I saw that I don't know what it was but it was like some sort of teaser announcement or something where uh, basically we see Dave Patel who his his like he's wearing a crown and his head is on fire or whatever and it's just the zoom up shot or whatever and I'm just like woo what's this and then you know we get this trailer I mean, we've seen photos, and then we get this trailer, and man, this, I can't des—I can't decide what I'm more excited for this year to see in the cinema, the movie theater. This, The Green Knight, or Dune? I, I really can't decide which one I'm excited for the most, because seeing this, this trailer, at just the scale and the cinematography and the scope of it all, I was just... Like, man, ain't no way I'm gonna see this at home. I gotta, I gotta go to the movie theater, which I'm so glad, you know, the movie theater that I've been dying to go to is the Regal. I'm so glad the Regal is opening up this week near me. I mean, it's great that I can go to the NCG and whatnot and watch Mortal Kombat, but nah, man, the the Regal is for me. The Regal is my movie theater, my favorite movie theater to go to. That's around me. But um, The Green Knight, the scale, the scope, the cinematography, and, you know, I know nothing about this story. Now, I know it's based off of a short story, thanks to my friend Jonathan Barry, who was, you know, on the last podcast episode. You know, he told me it was a short story, and, you know, he didn't tell me what the plot was. And I was just like, you know, okay... From what I gathered in this one, it's like, okay, so this guy, this monster, comes up to, I guess, this, like, it's set, it's a period piece, comes in, basically, you know, wants to be challenged or whatever, and, you know, Dave Patel, I guess that's the main guy, basically beheads him or whatever, and then the the monster is like you know, goes away or whatever. And so I guess, you know, Dave Patel's character has to go after him and, 
possibly fight him again because we do hear that we do hear more of that character that monster that got his head cut off or whatever and so it's like okay so it's gonna be a rematch and you know we're seeing all these creatures or whatever along his journey or whatever and all this stuff and i'm just like what is this movie like i am so ready to watch this like i just i want it now i want it now so damn badly (laughs) i just dude like and i'm gonna be very heartbroken if this movie sucks i'm gonna be very heartbroken because that trailer again didn't give us much but man i am hella excited to see it i'm really excited to see it a movie i'm not really excited to see um so venom let there be carnage they released a trailer now for those who are new um i did not like the first venom movie at all in fact i the only marketing uh the only marketing that i liked from the first movie for venom was just that teaser trailer that they didn't even show venom they never showed venom and it just kind of felt like a different movie or whatever but eventually we saw venom in the trailer and you know i the first venom was just not speaking to me when it came to the marketing like there was just nothing in there that was speaking to me like i think it's like yeah a venom movie can work without spider-man like just the basis of alone it's like okay you got this alien parasite that needs a host or whatever and it crash lands on earth or whatever like you know yeah you don't really need spider-man or whatever you know there's a definitely a way which you can do a venom movie without spider-man and you know they prove that you can do it i mean shit (laughs) again that first movie made nearly a billion dollars which is crazy to me and it's like you know it's one of those movies where i don't see i don't know i i I don't really see what people like about this movie it's like okay yeah the action's great and you know tom hardy and (laughs) playing by himself you know talking to venom or whatever is eddie brock and that whole dynamic yeah that was good but man everything else I thought sucked because I just I I don't know what it was but it just felt like they didn't really know where they wanted to go as far as tone goes like one minute it's very jokey and the next it's very serious where Venom is eating you know people's heads off or whatever and it's like so it, it just felt like okay you know it's okay to have humor in your movie but you, it's got to be good humor in the sense that it's like it needs to be at the right moment at the right place or whatever like it's okay to have humor in your movie in your serious and dark movie or whatever but I just felt like it's very was uneven when it came to the humor and so I was just like I'm not about this and then of course you know other than the dynamic between Eddie Brock and Venom I found everything else pretty fucking boring honestly just the characters alone i just was like i don't give a shit about any of y'all honestly i really don't so it was just it was a chore to watch that first movie honestly and it's funny i didn't even you know i didn't even have to pay to go see that movie you know my 
my friend took me to go see and he paid for my ticket because I was just like I'm not really feeling this Venom movie and of course like I said he offered to pay for my ticket and so he did and I was like okay watch it you know afterwards I just just wasn't for me it really wasn't for me so we got a sequel and you know this one's being directed by Andy Serkis aka the guy who played Gollum from Lord of the Rings aka who who's going to be the next Alfred in the Robert Pattinson Batman movie he directed this and man I don't know what I was expecting honestly <laughs> I really didn't I mean they very much just the beginning of itself I was like oh god here we go where we see Venom making Eddie Brock breakfast and the whole comedic stuff or whatever it's like oh fuck this again it's like okay alright you know people enjoyed it somebody enjoyed that stuff so it's like whatever but the more I watched it the more I'm like I just kind of don't care about it I mean I'll admit you know Woody Harrelson as Cleese Cassidy he looks great you know he I'm so glad they got rid of god-awful wig that he had in that post credit scene for the first movie and it's funny i saw andy circus i saw some headline you know andy circus talks about you know that the the new design for woody harrelson's cleese cassidy and i was just like in other words you know the wig just had to go so just like you know yeah that had to go but um yeah woody harrelson as cleese cassidy you know i buy him as Cleese Cassidy, honestly, and, you know, Carnage looks great, although I could use some more red for Carnage or whatever, and, but overall, it really didn't do anything for me, honestly, it, the, the trailer did nothing for my excitement levels, and they were pretty low, like, let me tell you, because, you know, again, after that first movie, I was not really interested in a Venom sequel, honestly, and so I'm just kind of like, yeah, this did nothing for me at all. I'm just like, and you know, it sucks because I, you know, I want to, <laughs> I, 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 I want to, you know, have the benefit of the doubt, but you know, it. This movie just looks so bad, and you know, again, it's not even one of those movies where I'm just like, it's bad. It's, it's so bad. It's fun to watch or whatever. Like, you know, it's not. It's not a guilty. A guilty pre- pleasure for me you know it's not one of those guilty pleasure movies for me honestly I just I don't I just I don't know it's not for me unfortunately and I mean I know I'm gonna go see it whether it's with the same friend which is funny cause I sent him the trailer or whatever and he literally was telling me he literally sent me a text back saying you know I might just red box it honestly I think I'm gonna red box it immediately I had to call him and I was like basically told him did I really rub off on you with that first movie or whatever he's like you know the more you talk about the more it makes sense and so I was just like cannot believe I just convinced my friend how awful that first Venom movie is and you know I kind of feel bad (laughs) you know (laughs) like you know opinions can change I imagine but uh the fact that I influenced him to basically not like that first Venom movie or whatever, I was just like, I I feel bad because, you know, 
I'll give you my opinion about a movie. Like, my, you know, that's what, you know, we should do with our movie opinions. We shouldn't come across as trying to persuade, you know, whatever movie, whatever said movie is good or bad. You know, it's just like, no, just give me your opinions. Like, don't come across as like, you know, this is why it sucks or this is why it's great. It's like, this is why I didn't like and all this stuff, you know. It all comes down to town, and so, I, yeah, I, I, I really did feel bad about it, but that's just me, so. But, yeah, Venom Let There Be Carnage, honestly, I I don't even know if I'll go see it in the theater, honestly. I mean, maybe I will, but I probably won't see it with that friend who took me to go see the first movie, because, you know, like I said, he... He said he's going to red box it, but, you know, might see it with my dad, so there's that. But, yeah, that's that's my feelings on Venom Let There Be Carnage, the trailer at least. And lastly, we have some Knives Out 2 casting. And, man, I could not be more thrilled to see Knives Out 2. I still think it's crazy that Netflix paid $468 million for both Knives Out 2 and Knives Out 3. Like, Netflix, y'all are crazy. I just, I cannot believe they straight up just were like, yeah, we'll buy it. Like, we'll buy this property or whatever. I just, I just gonna, couldn't get over it. But, yeah, we have Knives Out 2 castings. So... And it was crazy. It's like I was expecting for another Knives Out uh, two casting because you know we it just felt like almost every day from the very beginning with the first casting it just felt like like okay so this is gonna be a daily thing where we're gonna hear who's gonna be casting Knives Out two. Um, yeah, I if you haven't seen Knives Out, I mean. If you love Clue or any type of murder mystery kind of movies or whatever in a fun, cheeky way or whatever, Knives Out is great. And, you know, Ryan Johnson. Oh, man. Like, I I am just becoming more of a fan of Ryan Johnson. You know, ever since Looper and then <laughs> The Last Jedi, which I know is controversy, you know, and then Knives Out, his most recent movie, Knives Out. And I just, I couldn't be more excited. So we got some casting. So we have, yeah, we have four castings. So the first one was Dave Batista, And then Edward Norton joins. And then Janelle, Janelle Monet, And then, of course, the latest casting from Knives Out 2 is Catherine Hahn. I... Ch- I am just like this ensemble. I don't know. Maybe it might be better than the first ensemble in Knives Out, the first movie. It might be. I don't know if it'll top it, but it could. But I'm I'm thrilled to see more of the casting because I think that's what the main draw for that first movie was. It was more of that ensemble, and then when you actually see the movie itself, it's like, wow, this is great. 
they're all playing off each other like this and this is great they're all a family wow I'm definitely in this like I definitely buy it all and so yeah I think the one that stands out the most is seeing Edward Norton's gonna be a part of it and I'm just like I could totally see him being the guy that committed whatever crime like I could just see him playing a shady character in this one honestly and then of course Dave Bautista I I could see him as a bodyguard of some sort for Edward Norton or whatever and maybe uh, Janelle Monet is probably the main character and then Catherine Hahn is probably Edward Norton's uh, you know wife character's wife or whatever like I could I, I feel like I know I got a sense of speculation of where it's you know who's playing who or whatever so I'm you know Dave Bautista great I mean I again you know speaking of Dave Bautista I'm looking forward to seeing Army of the Dead you know I you know Dave Bautista is becoming an interesting actor I mean he's not on the same level as The Rock but I feel like with Dave Bautista he's going more of a more serious kind of um, way of acting and you know that's that's great that's honestly great and you know from the little drama that we did see of him in uh, just one you know one sequence was um, Blade Runner 2049 and it's like man Dave Bautista you know as big as he is I could definitely see him doing more dramatic roles and you know I I can I, I can totally see Dave having a blast on this uh, Knives Out 2 because Knives Out 2 was very serious but it was also fun and that's what I really loved about Knives Out it was just like yeah it's murder mystery and it's fun but it never takes itself too seriously and so yeah I'm looking forward to Knives Out 2 I mean I just I I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it so much and you know Daniel Craig is coming back as the detective and yeah, I'm I'm hella excited. I really am. I mean, I don't know what else there's more to talk about because honestly, it's just like it. And you add in Catherine Hahn, who's coming off of WandaVision. Like, this is gonna be great. This is really gonna be great, and I cannot wait for this. Honestly, I really can't. But yeah, that's that's basically all I have for this episode of Spoiler Appetite. Thank you guys so much for watching, listening, not watching, but yeah, listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Alexander underscore Thorpe, or you can follow me on Instagram at Alexander underscore Thorpe. Thank you guys again for listening. I'm Tristan, and you've just been spoiled.